Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry, only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Fans, are you ready to brave the wild? With me, your host, pal Dino Joey or Joey Awajan. Brave the Wild is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podman, Spotify, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, Audible, Stitcher, Double Twist, all kinds of applications. Maybe I'm being obnoxious, but it is great to be on board with you once again today. Thank you for joining and downloading and listening to the show. It's pretty much Christmas time here, so I just want to wish everybody a, a very Merry Christmas especially to those that celebrate it, but you get the idea. Uh, very Merry Christmas to all of you listening to Brave the Wild. I'm sure most of you celebrate it one way or another, <clears throat> but the Minnesota Wild are doing everything but celebrate right now. Extreme frustrations and such, and games getting postponed, and guys getting injured. Oh, boy. Yeah, there's a lot of not-so-good news right now, unfortunately, and some frustration with NHL players and executives with the uh, the shutdown <clears throat> that took place a few days ago. First, it felt like half of the NHL was kind of shutting down and postponing games. And then it's like, okay, screw it. Shut it all down for like, you know, like a week or so. And, well, here we are. So games will resume on the 27th or so, we hope. And we'll see what happens. Certain players are going to end up missing, most likely the uh, Winter Classic, which is unfortunate. The NHL has made it pretty clear they want that thing to happen. So the Winter Classic, it would be a big loss. A New Year's Day game that everybody looks forward to nationally and even internationally. Because, well, Canada's another country, so... But, yeah, <laughs> and I'm sure other countries uh, overseas and such. But, again, a nasty week for the Minnesota Wild. Losing to the Buffalo Sabres, kind of a sloppy, lame game on the 16th of December. 3-2 to two loss. Feels like a week ago. Oh, wait, it was a week ago. Feels like longer than that, actually. The Wild ended up losing in a shootout to the Buffalo Sabres. It felt like Buffalo outplayed the Wild, like, the whole game. It certainly seemed that way, as they would be destroying the Wild in shots. There was a point it was 21-7 to in shots on goal in the second period. It was really dumb. Uh, when Dylan, That was when Dylan Cousins scored his eighth goal of the season. Old Larry Bird himself, John Merrill, was able to put the puck in on a nice shot, obviously. Uh, Sokolov and Hartman were able to get assists on that one. So, I mean, like, the Wild, despite getting dominated, what was it, 11-4 to at the time on shots on that, which obviously it's not everything, but still it tells you who has had the puck most of the game here and has been dominating. 
the Wild would have the lead, and it's like, okay, we'll be fine. Things will get better. And it never really, it kind of never really did. Uh, it felt really cool when Kirill Kaprizov was able to score, as Lukanen just could not, just could not contain the puck. It just kept moving. <laughs> he thought he had it, and it just kept going through. Uh, you could call it five hole. That's pretty much what it was, <laughs> right through there. And it's like, okay, the Wild are up two to one. I think we'll be fine. You know, we'll 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 get away with this one. You know, we'll we'll get away with kind of kind of a mediocre game where we played down to our opponent. Not so fast. Oh, boy. Mark Prizek would score to tie the sucker up with 12 minutes. Uh, excuse me, with 8 minutes remaining in the game. And it's like, you just knew. You just knew somehow, someway, Buffalo would be winning this game. Somehow, someway, if it's an overtime goal, a goal with 2 seconds left on the clock or in the shootout. The lamest way you can possibly lose is in the shootout. And the Wild ended up losing in the shootout. It was really difficult to see Fiala and Kaprizov not score. Of course, Zuccarillo didn't either. It was just one, two, three. They all they all failed. Kaprizov's actually hit the post. He did beat Lukanen, barely. He, he beat him by like a, a, a millimeter, but the puck hit the post. That was very disappointing. And next thing you know, yeah, Buffalo ends up winning the, uh, winning the game on the next shot. <sighs> Wild end up losing to Buffalo in, again, a lackadaisical, frustrating effort. And it led to a pretty good rant from Coach Dean Hevison after the game where he was saying their pace was terrible, terrible. You know, and they, they, didn't, they weren't good at the beginning, the middle, or the end. It was just like, it was a very thorough, you know, tongue lashing. And well-deserved. It wasn't a good game. All the players were mad and all that, and it's on us, and blah, 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 blah. And then they come back a week later because, well, not a week later, but five days later because of postponed games, which does not help the cause. Let's just be honest about that. Of, of course it doesn't. I don't care who you are. Obviously, no Florida game, which who knows how that would have went with the way we're playing right now. Who knows? Um, maybe the Wild would have won and had a nice rebound, but you head into Dallas on Monday, and it was just, whoa, <laughs> pure devastation. I mean, is there anything more to say about it? 7-4, to four, it was ugly, and I mean real ugly. Ugly, yeah. I mean, anytime the Wild thought we are kind of getting back in the game, 4-3, to three, you know, the Wild finally score after going down 2 nothing to Dallas, which you could just feel early. Like, this is not going to go well. It was a classic Wild in Dallas game, regardless of who was on the roster. If it was Warren Peters, Zach Parisi, <laughs> Kirill Kaprizov, or, <laughs> you know, I mean, w way back at the beginning with Jim Dowd and such. It was just a Wild in Dallas game. Uh, it was just Wild in Dallas, except for, like, the really early days when the Wild had a nice start against Dallas. But ever since then, it, it had been pretty bad. Remember how it was like 2001 up until just a few years ago, the Wild lost in Dallas every single year. It was like the longest losing streak of franchise history to any team. Um, Fiala would score, which felt good. In fact, he would score twice, which again, he was the best player on the ice, I would have to say, in this game. Generally speaking, the Wild got destroyed by Dallas in every every facet, including goaltending, of course. Ottinger got beat. I mean, he wasn't that good, but Cam Talbot was pretty bad. Cam Talbot was terrible, to be to be fair. Uh, Kirill Kaprizov has been a bit of a Dallas killer, which is nice. He had three points in the game. He also had a goal. Very strong week for, week for Kirill Kaprizov, generally speaking, at least in the stat sheet. And we're very happy about that. He's on pace for, what, 36 goals and 98 points on the season. So, well done, Kirill. So, that's good at the very least, but still at the same time. An awful game. Dallas 
pretty much dominated everything for the most part. The Wild were just extremely sloppy with the turnovers and such. Uh, Pitlick had a big turnover that ended up going to the third goal. Uh, Goudreau looks like crap. He just doesn't look like the same guy. Bukestad's mediocre at best. Sturm's been really mediocre. He, you haven't really been noticing Sturm lately. Uh, nobody's winning face-offs. Nobody. A everybody lost except Goudreau. It was 4-4 four to four for him. I guess Victor Rask. Oh, goody. 5-4. to four. Everybody's favorite player who skates like the ice is, you know, a snowdrift. Sometimes, anyway. Um, obviously, uh, obviously slows people down. Slows the game down when he's in there. It's a tough situation, and it brings up the debate. It brings up the great debate. Uh, guys like Derek Felska are against it and such, and I don't I don't disagree with either side on this one about, especially with the major, major thing that <laughs> would would lead to this, where Jules Eriksson Eck was clearly held on a play on the boards after a shot attempt and such, and it's kind of, you know, you're swinging against the boards a bit, and Eriksson Eck was held significantly, crashed into the boards, and was not getting up for a while, unfortunately, with what would look like an apparent shoulder injury. He had his arm in a sling after the game, and they're talking like it doesn't look good, it could be weeks, it could even be months, depending on the situation, if it's a dislocated shoulder or a broken bone or what the heck it is. At first I thought he might have broke his wrist or something, but it's hard to say at the moment. It's the old upper body injury deal. So it's obviously related to his arm one way or another, if it's his shoulder or his wrist. But whatever it is, it sucks and it's not good. It's going to be weeks. And it's the most important position in you know, it's the most important position and the most crucial position for the Minnesota Wild, which means more ice time for Victor Ask. More ice time for Victor Ask. <laughs> oh yeah, right. Now you're happy. I know you're happy. Come on now, smile. Smile. It's it's good. Victor Ask gets more ice time. Yeah, smile. Smile. Yeah, I'm so happy too. Well, Ryan Hartman's role continues to be bigger than ever. He's gonna be about as valuable as it gets at this point. Like, he so much as gets a, a hangnail. It's like, oh, no. No, no, no. Put him in the padded room. We don't want to lose Ryan Hartman. That type of thing. Put him in a padded room and don't touch him. <laughs> Nico Sturm's role will be what it is. But there's also other avenues that the Wild could take, and that would be by calling up, yes, by calling up the ninth pick in the 2020 NHL draft or 2020 NHL draft, Marco Rossi out of Austria and, of course, the Iowa Wild. A lot of people are for it. A lot of people are against it. I'm totally understanding the development angle because like, we don't know how ready he is for the NHL. He's a point of game player in the AHL, but so was Jules Eriksson Eck, and it took him forever. Seemed like the Wild rushed him to the NHL, Jules Eriksson Eck, and that slowed his development. Every time Jules Eriksson Eck went to the AHL, he played great, and he came back a little better each time, but it was such a short stint, it didn't help. Whereas Marco Rossi, is at least having a decent amount of months in the AHL so far. Hasn't played a lick in the NHL, understandably, and of course did get banged up, obviously hit in the face a few weeks back now. Uh, valuable, valuable piece. It'd be nice to see him suit up for the Minnesota Wild. Is it is it a mistake? Is it a good idea? Is it almost forced at this point? Is he kind of sort of close enough? Obviously conversations are bringing up Boldy as well, but of course his ankles hurt again, so... Who knows? Is he just injury prone? Is he just bad? Is it just bad luck right now? And things will change later for uh, Matt Boldy. I don't know. Uh, Marco Rossi, though, it would be nice to see him in the NHL. It would be nice, but is it time? Is it okay? Are we going to have to take our lumps for now? Maybe possibly make some kind of trade. It doesn't have to be necessarily trade the farm for you know the <laughs> Jack Eichel 2.0 
or something like that. It could be just a decent center that can help out the rest of the year. Obviously, not just for Julius Chenek, but improve the team as well. Uh, move guys around a bit and such. Bukestad to, uh, you know, wing or even Sturm to wing, depending on the situation. And put Rask up under the press box, this type, that type of thing. Or put one of those other guys in the press box. Johnny, uh, Frederick Goudreau. I, did I call him Johnny? Did I call him Johnny Goudreau? He's not even close. Obviously plays a different position as well. But uh, Johnny G is not a center. Be nice to have Johnny Goudreau in the wild. He's, he's, he's on my fantasy team, right, Derek? No, I'm, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> that, that team is doing really well, though. I've had a lot of lucky breaks when it comes to guys becoming free agents. Let's just leave it at that. i stunned who I was able to acquire for, through uh, waivers through my fantasy team. I'm sure every one of you is excited to know about all of that, and I'll tell you all about it next... No, I won't. Um, <laughs> sorry. Oh, man. This game was just an absolute butt-whipping. It was frustrating. It looked like... It looked like Dallas is like... You know, it, it looked like either Dallas is a cup contender or we're not playing well at all. And I would lean towards we're not playing well at all. Uh, it's a real slump. It's four games in a row. Will we be able to stop the bleeding and beat the Winnipeg Jets? I hope. Hopefully... And, of course, again, we know how Canada's got stricter COVID protocols and such, so we'll see if that game gets played or not coming up. I hope it does. It's basically two games to review, one game to preview, and kind of looking around and conversations and topics throughout the team. So I'm kind of getting in certain topics here and there as I'm reviewing the games. But what more is there to say about this one? Just just flush it out, eh, Fallness? Yeah, that's what Fallness would always say. Oh, the Wild lost 6-1 to one tonight to Dallas, but just flush this one out. Yeah, it's okay. Just flush it out. It doesn't work that way sometimes. Just, you know, just play freaking better. I don't want to hear about flushing one out. I just want to hear that they're going to play better. And not just hear it, I want to see it happen. Please, please. This was, I don't want to see more games like this. That was depressing to watch. Uh, definitely some interesting skirmishes and such in the game as well. Of course, right as the uh, Jewel Erchenek situation took place, the injury, Felina was going to kill Jamie Benn. And <laughs> in a lot of ways, <laughs> Jordy Benn was protecting his brother in a way without, like, you know, taking sides in the wrong way. Obviously, he knows what team he's on. He was kind of like keeping him back a bit from the, from a possible fight because Felino would win that one easily, uh, along with other Dallas players while we're getting in the way from Felino, possibly destroying <laughs> Jamie Ben in that situation because it would have happened. Uh, <laughs> would I want to take on Marcus Felino in one like for, even for a second? No, <laughs> no, that is a big, big dude, and obviously he can play too. But uh, didn't look like a whole lot of guys could play in this game except for Kevin Fiala. Yeah, I feel bad for the guy. Obviously, Kaprizov had some good moments, but again, obviously good numbers, but he had some big turnovers as well. So his analytics don't add up to the prettiest day uh, game ever, despite the fact he had three points. So stats and analytics don't agree with Kirill Kaprizov in that one. Uh, other topics and such, let's jump around. Postponed games certainly aren't helping, I don't think. Uh, one thing again, I'm trying to be careful. I don't want to turn into a huge, huge argument with people. It's my own fault for even bringing it up, but it's just like, uh, you know, uh, Connor Hellebuck, who we're going to be playing against next game, brought up, and Steve Eiserman was on his side, like, big time. Obviously, the uh, general manager of the Detroit Red Wings, and they're doing a lot better just the minute that guy showed up, because he's good. Uh, but he was GM of the Wild about a decade ago instead of Chuck Fletcher. Who knows what would have happened in that case. Whew. Uh, obviously, made Tampa great. 
he made Tampa Bay great again. There's no doubt because <laughs> they had won a cup before before he showed up. Um, they agreed that these shutdowns and protocols are are a bit overkill. Uh, that was kind of the conversation and such. I I kind of agree. I'm not a shut down the whole world and shut things down, shut it all down type of guy. I, I'm just not that type. I, I'm sorry if that annoys people. It's just, but that's kind of how I see the world in a lot of ways. I've never been a big fan of all that. So kind of like the main quote, I guess, is I was trying to pull the article back up. I had it and I lost it, which was really frustrating. Uh, this one's the Toronto Star. It was a different one, I believe, on Yahoo, but it was like linked to Yahoo from something else. Uh, Connor says, I can't speak for everyone. This is kind of what I'm saying, too. I can't speak for everyone. But the feeling for myself, it's a little overkill. And that's pretty much exactly how I feel. It's not like he's saying you guys are all idiots and blah, blah, blah. He's just saying it's a little overkill. Uh, he says, you see the leagues like the NFL who are adapting and I think doing things right. And Iserman basically seconded that. He you know, added a little bits and, bits and pieces, but he said a lot of the same thing, how we don't necessarily have to shut everything down. We're adapting a bit here and there. And uh, I, I want to get in, I want to mention something else about the uh, Omicron, if that's how it's said properly. It's can I say this? Can I say it? It's it's not. I'm not saying it's okay, and everybody, you know, shut the heck up about it. But it's more contagious. But talk is it's significantly weaker, and that's kind of how viruses evolve. They get become more contagious, but become weaker. Am I completely wrong and completely ignorant? It's up to you on that one and all that. Do I you know, follow the science, this and that? Everybody wants to get into that. How, like, the original COVID virus was a little less, was less contagious but more deadly, that kind of thing. Maybe I'm just an idiot and I need to be quiet, but that's the way I see it. That's what I've heard from multiple sources, obviously, this and that. Heard it in multiple places, many places. It's not just, you know... Uh, you know, conspiracy theories and such. I mean, even even like places you'd consider left of center have been saying that. So this and that. So I'll, I'll move on now from that quickly. And we heard from uh, Derek Felska on the Twitter account. So, uh, I don't know if he's pissed off at me or not. I don't know. Him and his wife tweeted back on that one. I intentionally did not respond, not because I'm too good or because I'm an a, a, a dork or whatever. I didn't want to turn it into like a big back and forth that would kill the whole <laughs> that would kill the whole Twitter feed and then I would lose where I am because that's happened a few times in the past not with uh, me but with other people kind of arguing a, a point it's okay if you do that it's just that but it's at the same time uh, it, it, it might mess things up a little bit make muck things up a little bit so and it's one of those other things welcome to the world we're not going to agree on, on certain things no matter how many times you go after this person and uh present this or present that, you're both going to disagree. So one person's going to present this, the other's going to present that, and you're still going to disagree in the end. It's, it's just reality. So it's, a, it's you know, I make my point, you make my point, or your, your point, and away we go. I was saying Fiala was definitely one of the positives this week, multi-goal game in Dallas, and of course, again, generally speaking, he's had a lot of golden opportunities. I even called him the postman during the Dallas game. That's right, the postman. And then he finally did score, and he scored again. <clears throat> Fiala's hit the post, was at number two in the NHL leading into the Dallas game and hitting the post this year in the NHL. That's absolutely crazy. Again, Jules Erickson with an apparent shoulder injury that could be weeks, maybe even months. The Winter Classic might be in jeopardy, but probably not. It sounds like no, that they're going to be totally fine. This and that. And now since the Wild are 
you know, I, I, there's not <laughs> the Wild haven't haven't played more than two games. I, I figured I'd bring something NHL-wise up again. This one is like Vegas. They traditionally start slow, which except for except for the first season where they were just good right away and they had a little dip in the middle and then took off as the year progressed and went all the way to the Cup Finals, which was an amazing, shocking run. Uh, a lot of people thought they would get upset in the first round that year because it's like they're not ready to make any type of run. They're just getting started and. It's a, it's just kind of lucky, blah, blah, blah. No, it's not lucky. Um, but Vegas traditionally starts slow, which they really did this year, and the injuries were certainly a big part of that. And then guys coming back, they pick things up around this time of year, you know, like in like the end of the current year into the January and such. They get hotter and hotter as you head into winter and spring and all that. They stay hot for the first two rounds, but then always seem to die in the Western Conference Finals. Will it be different this year? Maybe. Maybe uh, they have the pieces uh, to make a run. No question about it. Is Leonard uh, is Leonard consistent enough? I'm not sure. Flurry a lot of times wasn't. When Flurry got hot, he was you know the best goalie in the world for like like a month at a time or so. But it seemed like he never got hot when it truly mattered, or he'd get hot enough and then right at the last second when they got to the final, things weren't so good. After Game One of the Stanley Cup Final versus the Washington Capitals, uh, we'll see what happens. But kind of cool, some, some, something to watch. Something to keep up with during the course of the season with the Vegas Golden Knights, I think. Uh, cool matchup with Tampa the other night. That was actually the last game before the complete shutdown here. Uh, it was nice to see some some hockey there before everything shut down. I had to see something. And it was a matchup I've always kind of wanted to see in the cup final was Tampa versus Vegas. I think it'd be really cool. Uh, I predicted it like two or three times, I think, and I was wrong every time, of course. Shockingly, because Vegas never got to the final again. Uh, Tampa ended up winning a couple cups, as you all know. One of those years, though, they got uh, beat in the first round, right? Had Tampa and Vegas in the final. And, uh, well, Columbus decided to uh, make the major upset there. <laughs> but they didn't pull the L.A. Kings. They got beat the next round. Yeah, they didn't pull the 2012 L.A. Kings. Nope, Los Angeles Kings, anyway. Um, but it's it's something to keep up with as we move forward. We'll see how Vegas does and all that. But obviously, mostly... Uh, a lot more concerned with the Minnesota Wild, generally speaking, going forward, and hopefully there is a playoff run for Minnesota. Something's got to give. I'm not sure you can go 100% status quo here. There's got to be some kind of call-up, right? Is it going to be Kyle Rao? Woohoo! Is it going to be this guy? Is it going to be that guy? I'm trying to consider. Uh, well, you know, Mason Shaw has been called up multiple times, and he's played in a couple games. Nothing going so far. Maybe Shaw comes back up again. Otherwise, Marco Rossi is a time to make a move. And then, of course, you can always send him back down. But uh, we'll see how long uh, Julius Neck is out as well. So, and the whole contract thing was at nine games, that type of deal. It ain't going to be Alexander Hovanov coming up to the NHL. And if it was, that'd be kind of funny. I think he'd have a similar group of no, uh, games, like six, seven games with no points. <laughs> or maybe a one goal or one assist. Sounds about the way it's going with him right now. With that said, we'll take a quick break and we'll come back and preview the Winnipeg Jets game <laughs> and uh, look at the prospects. Not a whole lot going on there, unfortunately, but still talk about the guys and such and then I'll uh, get the fan interaction.
back here on Brave the Wild, segment number two. We're going to preview the Winnipeg Jets game. Coming up on Monday the 27th, again, that's the expiration of this uh, current shutdown in the NHL. We'll see what happens. Um, we'll see what happens. Minnopeg is 14-11-5, their fifth place in the Central. Minnesota, 19-9-2, first in the Central despite a four-game losing streak, which again shows you how good the Wilds' record was before the injury. Jared Spurgeon also was injured as well, again, the Buffalo game. Jordan Greenway, apparently, has a lower body injury. That's great. Uh, he actually played center on the power play as well. That's another topic that we could talk about considering the center position. If Julius Janek is obviously not going to be available, it's going to be it's going to be a tough situation going forward. I, I'm not really thrilled about it at all, and I'm sure most of you aren't either. There's got to be something, uh, some kind of call up. There's got to be uh, or or a trade of some sort. The top line is still Hartman, Kaprizov, and Zuccarello. Second line is still showing Julius Janek, but that's incorrect. So it's going to be super interesting. Probably going to see. Uh, Rask at center. They're not even showing it. This is wrong. This is completely wrong. <laughs> but it's, yeah, it's old. That sucks. So it's stuck in the past because of the, the shutdown. That's a bummer. Well, let's uh, move on from that real quickly here. Julia Janek, the upper body injury, of course. Now for the Winnipeg Jets, the major addition was Nate Smith. Uh, Schmidt, pardon me. He's got illness, apparently, as of December the 19th. We'll see if he's ready to go. If, uh, Jenny Svechnikov, undisclosed injury as of December 17th, okay. And David Gustafson, <laughs> December the 17th, lower body injury, he left the game. So all those type of things. They're 13th in goals. Wilder, third. Goals against Wilder, 19th. Well, like if, if we have more games like against Dallas, though, whew, we're going to be 30th in a quick hurry. Uh, Winnipeg's a little better with Hellebuck right now, 13th. Assist, Wilder, second. Winnipeg is 14th. Power play, Wilder, 21st, 17.5%, which years ago wouldn't be so bad, but nowadays it's not good. 12th for Winnipeg, 20.5%. Penalty kill, the Wilder, 12th, which is really nice now, considering where we were a while back. And a, and a position where Minnesota, a position of weakness for Winnipeg, where Minnesota can hopefully capitalize and help their power play. Winnipeg is 30th in the NHL in penalty kill. So, gosh, they're giving up almost, well, yeah, they're giving up 29.4%. Uh, in that one, 70.6 70, penalty kill. Penalty minutes, the Wild are still really bad. The 30th, meaning really high. And Winnipeg is 11th. Shooting percentage, the Wild is second. And Winnipeg is 20th. Sorry for all the blah 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 stats there. Minnesota leads the season 2-0 <laughs> to zero with a 6-5 to five epic battle early in the year. That was a lot of fun. Very early in the season was the Wild's home opener. And then a 7-1 demolition in Minnesota's favor. A couple of weeks back, that was fun. Kaprizov had one of his huge, huge nights. I think he had four points that game. Now, will the Wild officially win the series? This one is in Winnipeg, and the next one is in Winnipeg. So, we all know how that can go. This series could even up in a quick hurry. Winnipeg Jets are 1-2 and two in their last three. Of course, the last two postponed. Nashville and Dallas, it would have been a back-to-back, -back, which is a bit of travel there. Back-to-back, -back 21st and 22nd. They lost to Buffalo. Wow. So Buffalo is playing a little better on December the 14th. Washington, they lost to Washington 5-2, to two, and they beat the St. Louis Blues 4-2, to two, did the Winnipeg Jets in the wild again. 0-3 oh, in our last three games, of course, because two of them were postponed, as we like to do the five-game deal. And that was a very harsh ending to a eight-game winning streak for the Minnesota Wild. Eight-game winning streak. Harsh, harsh end. A four-game skid, starting in Los Angeles. 
which was reviewed on last week's show. <clears throat> Super frustrating, to say the least. Uh, definitely a winnable game. It's a it's a team with a lot with a with a decent amount of talent. You got Connor Connor Hellebuck and Kyle Connor. <laughs> I gotta like how that kind of goes back and forth. Of course, sorry Pierre Luc Dubois, obviously a, a nice addition about two years ago, year and a half ago. Paul Stansley's been all over the league. I believe it's no, that was St. Louis. I was gonna say I believe his father played there. No, I think it was pretty sure. Yeah, that was St. Louis. And of course, uh, yeah, Paul Stansley played there as well. Um, Mark Scheifele with 19 points. Kyle Connor with 32 in 30 games, playing great hockey so far this year with 18 goals. He's definitely their best overall player, but Dubois has been a nice addition as well. 25 points, 14 of the goals in the 30 games. Nikolai Ellers, 24 points. He's 12 goals, 12 assists. Andrew Kopp, 7 goals, 13 assists on the season. Blake Wheeler, he's been picking it up of late. He'd missed some games, and he was off to a super slow start to the season, but he's certainly been getting better. Obviously, Minnesota ties and Golden Gopher ties was a stud with the Gophers years ago. Definitely a talented overall guy. Um, it's fun to see him doing the skull chant. I remember years ago when Winnipeg was in town and the Vikings were playing the Saints the next day. That was fun. <laughs> that was when Case Keenan was our quarterback and we went on a little a little playoff run <laughs> with that uh, first round bye. Minnesota got right to the NFC title game in no, no time at all. Sorry for going off topic just a little bit there. Winnable game for Minnesota? Is it time to take three in a row versus this club, or are they going to knock us down again? Man. And are we going to play? That's the other thing. I, I would hope we'll play. Minnesota will play in this game. Man, I don't want to be negative, but somehow I, I I don't know. I don't know what to think about this one. Very winnable game. I like the way the Wild have played the Winnipeg Jets. I'm going to step out in faith and believe the Wild win this game against the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, they're coach just recently resigned as well, which is really sad. Uh, Paul Maurice, he recently resigned, so it's a weird situation there. We'll see if there's some kind of sugar high. <clears throat> That's the other thing, which can happen sometimes. But usually when a coach resigns, it's a different effect. If a coach gets fired, maybe things were bad and and there's a sugar high with a replacement, but who knows what's going to happen here. Sometimes when coaches resign, things actually get worse. It's kind of a sad vibe. In the, in, in the locker room and such. I'm going to step out in faith. Minnesota wins 4-3 to three versus the Winnipeg Jets. Most likely guy to score will be Marcus Foligno. Marcus Foligno. Looks like a Marcus Foligno kind of game to me, and it certainly is. He's had some fun against the Winnipeg Jets in the past, uh, very recently and years ago. Marcus Foligno will score, and the Wild win 4-3 to three versus the Winnipeg Jets. With that, we'll jump right into the prospects right away. And as per usual, it's going to be with the Iowa Wild. Kalen Addison keeps racking up the points, which is nice. He, has, he was off to such a slow start to the season. Now he's at 9 points in 17 games. Good for him. Marco Rossi, 18 points in 18 games. 4 goals, but 14 assists to lead the club. Point to game guy. He's a plus 3 on the year. Kyle Rao, is he going to get called up? We'll see. There's been no move yet. Because, <clears throat> of course, they're just leaving things where they are. At the moment, is it's the holiday, excuse me, the Christmas season. Sorry, <laughs> it's the Christmas season. I like to say Christmas, especially considering it is Christmas. It's the 23rd, 24th, 25th. Yeah, it's Christmas Eve Eve right now. Eve Eve. <laughs> Will Benton's been off to a slow start this year. And again, Matthew Boldy still limited only seven games with injury. Come on. Stop hurting your ankle, dang it. If one ankle is broken, the next ankle must be a sprain. 
because they didn't talk about any broken deal there. Gosh, what a bummer. You know, hopefully he can get healthy and we'll see. Hopefully this doesn't slow his career down too much here. Damien Giroux continues to struggle, though he finally had a point again. His third assist on the season, five points in only 23 games. He's been out there every single game. He's been he's been he's been uh, he's been reliable and all that, but consistently consistently not scoring. Unfortunately, he's been consistent, but <laughs> on, on the negative side, he has as many points as Dakota Mermis, a defenseman who's not much of a uh, not much of a point producer. Yikes. Come on, Damien. Let's go, Damien Giroux from Sudbury, Ontario, home of the Sudbury Wolves. Yeah, where uh, Dimitri Sokolov played and had 50 goals and all that cool stuff. That was fun. Mason Shaw, 17 points in 20 games. Obviously continues to be a great AHL player. Is he a quad A player? I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> Obviously, uh, our, our friend from... Uh, was a Gerald Mayo. He was definitely a quad A player. He was a superstar in the AHL. He comes up to the NHL and it's like seven points, seven games. Oh, I think he had an assist in one of them. So it's a bummer. Some guys are like that. Adam Beckman is he close enough to be in the NHL? If only Adam Beckman could play center. If only he was a center. Bummer. You know that's the thing. Mason Shaw's a center, but he plays a lot of wing as well. Mason Shaw is a guy I would consider. He's a tough little bugger, isn't he? He's, he's, what, second on the team in penalty minutes? Wow. <laughs> the only guy with more is Cody McLeod. Imagine that. Cody McLeod with tons of penalty minutes? No. That's weird. Yeah, Mason Shaw, he is a feisty little guy. But a uh, heck of a player, obviously. Still very talented. Came from Medicine Hat and all that. Um, Alberta native, all that cool stuff. Kyle Rowe has been up in the NHL many times, and he's another quad A type of guy where he's a stud at, yeah, you get the idea. He's a stud at the AAA level, but doesn't seem to translate to the uh, professional, the National Hockey League, the major leagues, very easily. And is nine years older than Marco Rossi, unfortunately. <laughs> Joe Hicketts is a guy I think deserves a chance if someone gets injured. Obviously, everybody wants to see Kalen Addison, myself included. But Hicketts deserves a shot as well. Maybe we'll see. Let's say if, uh, if it ever gets to a point where, say, like a Merrill or Ben, obviously you lose them in free agency and Hicketts makes the team, maybe, or obviously and you could sign other free agents and such, but if, if Hicketts can produce in the NHL, why the heck not? Maybe he deserves a shot, 25 years of age. But um, I don't know why I'm even getting into that. It's, it's all about the center position and what the Wild do here. So, unfortunately, we're kind of stuck in limbo now because that's what, the, that's what happens during the Christmas break is everything just kind of shuts down. Um, whoops, wrong button. Let's now we'll try to escape from the AHL to the ECHL. The sucky part is just no, people didn't play much. It's like a game, maybe two. Bryce Misley, the Iowa Heartlanders, he's at 14 points in 22 games. He's definitely slowed down where somebody called Chris Bennett has been dominating at the ECHL level. I guess maybe he's an AHL player. He's come, come out of double A to the the uh, AAA level. Chris Bennett, 25 years of age, 22 points at 15 games. He's been great. But everybody's a minus something. Bryce Misley's a minus 15. Again, he's like the main prospect in the ECHL right now. Fedor Gordiev is a bit of a prospect, but not much. You know, only three points in 21 games. That's all he can muster at the, a, at the ECHL level, unfortunately. He's kind of a prospect. He was an acquisition years ago. Uh, Paul Fenton. I believe that was Paul Fenton's first acquisition. If I remember correctly, 
No, no, that was uh, Bill Guerin's first acquisition, actually. My, my apologies. I'm getting him mixed up with somebody else. Hunter Jones has had some time down there, but he's actually doing okay at the AHL level, where he's actually struggled with Iowa, which is funny, because things are just, it's just toxic right now in Iowa. It, it sucks right now. Um, it, and it's depressing. <laughs> Iowa Wild have not been good, this, or the Iowa Heartlanders have not been good this year. Hunter Jones has been a bit better. College, nobody played, so I'll just leave it at that. Nobody played. It's like the Christmas break. So that's how things go there. <sighs> where am I going with this? I had it up, and I didn't. Uh, Obviously, uh, Pavel Novak, let's talk about him quickly. The juniors, he's just doing great. 31 points in 24 games. He's been absolutely fantastic. Uh, it looks like a really nice pick in the fifth round in uh, Bill Guerin's first draft. The whole That whole draft looks great. All five of those players, obviously only five guys, but looks like a really nice draft. Again, who's Nadinov inked through 2024 with St. Petersburg SKA. Still hasn't scored a point in a few weeks now. Now it's 29 games with 11 points. He continues to not score, but provide energy and all that. We appreciate that. Ryan O'Rourke, almost a point a game as a defenseman for the Sioux Greyhounds, 19 points in 21 games. A lot of these guys haven't been playing much. Obviously, it might be like a game a week or not at all. Uh, Jesper Wallstedt will be in the World Juniors. Really looking forward to that. He just keeps getting better and better. Carson Lambos hasn't played in like, it feels like a month. Unfortunately, stuck at 19 points. So that's unfortunate. Uh, 19, 18 points in 19 games. Obviously, stud defenseman going forward. Jack Pert had some good moments, but again, huh, college is shut down. Hayden Bankier at 22 points in 27 games is unfortunately with him. Yeah, the scoring has dropped off a bit. Unfortunately for Bankier. He was a point-a-game guy not too long ago, and he has not scored lately. But uh, yeah, Carson Lambeau's definitely hurt, unfortunately. That's why you haven't been seeing anything going on there. Uh, Kyle Masters is now at 7 points, kind of creeping up a little bit in 31 games. A right-shot defenseman for the Red Deer Rebels of the Western Hockey League. It's just about every prospect is in the Western Hockey League when it comes to juniors. In the Minnesota system, Josh Pilar continues to play very strong. Again, a lot of those guys have not been scoring as much. He was further ahead before, as now he's officially behind last year's pace. I was talking about that last week. Uh... What has he had? Two points in the last five games. If you do the math, he was right about last year's pace. Now he's officially behind it. He had 29 points in 22 games last year. This year so far, 31 in 27. Just two more assists on the season, and he's a plus six versus a plus 11. But it kind of is what it is. Guys, you know, other guys get hurt and such, and things haven't been as good. Nate Benoit now 24 games with three points. Again, stay-at-home defenseman. And I believe he's right. Nope, he's a left shot. So he could be the future third-pairing defenseman, maybe, for Minnesota in a few years. We'll see what happens there. And I talk about Damon Hunt. I did not. Damon Hunt at 16 points in 22 games. His scoring has vanished as well, unfortunately. Only one less game than last season. Last season's shortened year for the WHL and a lot of other sports. In fact, every other sport except the NFL. <laughs> every sport except the NFL. Uh, in the previous year, the 2020 year, so the year that in, in uh, the year that uh, involved the that involved 2020 anyway, uh, so that should be it for the prospects again. No college, which is unfortunate. I don't really, I, I don't know what to say about Philip Johansson anymore. Obviously, I don't think he's coming. Still stuck at seven points for all eternity. He scored seven points in the first like 11 games. Now it's like 
26 games of seven points. That's just that's just it. I'm probably exaggerating slightly. Uh, and then Simon Johansson, I think he finally, yeah, he finally got his 12th point. He was stuck at 11 for all eternity. Tied with a career high with last year in the Swedish league there. He's in uh, Ivalz Tempere at the moment. He got his 10th assist. Yes! Yes, good job. Good job, number one. <laughs> that type of deal. So with that, we'll take a quick break and get to fan interaction. Definitely going to be a shorter show today for obvious reasons. Segment number three, fan interaction. <laughs> well, no, no, the, the whole thing won't be as happy and hunky-dory as other times, but I suppose that's how it, that's how it goes. Uh, not everybody's going to agree on everything in this world, that's for sure. Uh, Derek Felscott, thank you so much for putting out the bad signal as you do. I really appreciate it. Um, he was saying, does the Minnesota Wilds poor play have some questions burning on your mind? Tag it and ask. And yeah, tag it, hashtag BTW and ask away, basically. Thank you very much. Uh, Derek Felska says, with Jules Erzenek likely out a long while, who do you put at center between Felino and and either Fiala? Greenway? Right now, it might have to be, which is unfortunate. Otherwise, boy, eh, how, 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 it, it's a really tough situation. The only other option might be Freddie Goudreau, which is like, mm, uh, <laughs> or Rask. Oh, goody. I don't know about that. Uh, Greenway did play center in college. He can do it. Uh, he can do it. It's just... Uh, my, I kind of grind my teeth thinking about that one. You know who I'd like to see, which might be kind of weird, is I think Sturm. It might be like, really? Really? Yeah, I, I think Sturm, because he's a good skater. It would be good to help out with uh, Fiala. Obviously, that would hurt other lines and such. I think Sturm, because we're, we're like... Pitlick and uh, Pitlick and Rask, that's where his current line is, third line center at the moment. I'm going to go with Miko Sturm, which again is a risky move, but if, well, who else? You know, is it going to be Nick Bukestad? I don't think so. He's a decent skater, but his skill level doesn't add up. Sturm, who I just mentioned, hasn't been that visible. Maybe he'd become more visible with Felino and Fiala. I'm going to go with Nico Sturm. I'm going to step out on a limb on that one with Nico. Sturm. Um, there's even conversation of Greenway being out as well. So that's, God, it's so frustrating. But I don't think he's going to be out, but he might be. That's where it's got me kind of grinding my teeth as well a bit. Oh, boy. Yep. Yep. We'll go with that direction. A bigger guy that can, you know, kind of, he's, he's kind of like both. The skating of Fiala and the size with Felino, And obviously good, solid, high IQ hockey with Nico Sturm. And you might be rolling your eyes like right now, like, really, Joey? <laughs> I'm not sure. But yes, the uh, the NHL has pulled out of the Beijing games, yep, which I didn't even talk about. I was going to, but I had all the, I had those other topics as well, and I figured it would come up here. Derek Velska says, the NHL has pulled out of the Beijing games over COVID-19's resurgence. Do you think the NHL will ever participate in the Olympics again? Is NHL participation necessary to get some visibility for the game of hockey? Why or why not? I don't know. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just teasing you. Uh... They probably will. I think they probably will participate. <sighs> Certainly not during this COVID era. I mean, obviously, by the course, four, I would hope four years from now we're not talking about COVID anymore. 
but I'll leave that where that is. I'll leave that where that is. But uh, I think they will. Is it necessary? No. I don't think it's necessary as long as it's uh, as long as the Olympics are entertaining enough. Generally speaking, as long as the as long as the games are entertaining enough and the matchups are good, it should be okay. Uh, there's a lot of talented young players all over the world. I think that could help uh, in a big way. Could could really help. And I I, I kind of think it would be more fun to see young players. I mean, th- think about it. Like skiers and all them. A lot of them are pretty young. You know, in, in the other sports, figure skaters and blah, blah, blah. Yes, you get some veterans and such in those in all those different sports. But generally, the Olympics is younger people. So it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. And there is so much young talent. Like, say, Marco Rossi skating for Austria. You know, obviously, you know, he's close to the NHL. He's a prospect, but he's not a, a current NHL player. Uh, somebody like that. I'm just kind of making these names up as I go. But um, <clears throat> Jasper Wallstead, guys like that talented players, talented prospects and such. I think uh, participating in the Olympics would help in a big way. Uh, it, it, it certainly wouldn't hurt the popularity of hockey, in my opinion, versus the NHL. In the past, it seemed like the NHL hurt it a little bit. I remember especially like the American team when they was it like they, they crashed the place or whatever when they lost and they didn't get a they didn't even medal. That was like in the late 90s, I think. Keith the Chuck, guys like that. It was just an underachieving group of players which was really frustrating. So, I don't know. It seemed like they were there more to party than do anything else. Um, so, maybe the younger players might take it more seriously as well. And uh, where, obviously, some of them do and some of them don't. So, long story longer. <laughs> Let's go to the next one. Derek says, The Minnesota Wild played poorly in their last two games against struggling clubs in Buffalo and Dallas, respectively. Do you think that will make the Wild more determined or more anxious for the Winter Class against the Blues? I would hope more determined. I would hope more determined to, to kind of clean things up and stop the bleeding. Obviously, the injuries are not helping at all. Major, major injuries, of course. Spurgeon is uh, being out again, and it's you know it's obviously like a, at least about like six games or something. And then Eck, it's like who knows? It could be a while. Hopefully, not the whole darn season. But um, I would think more anxious, or excuse me, more determined. Pardon me, more determined. Derek, yet an, uh, Derek with another one here. He says, with NHL participation out, who should replace it? The National Development Program and make it like World Junior Championships, minor leaguers. How much does this improve Team China's chances to win versus having NHL, NHLers there? <laughs> um, kind of like what I was saying, like prospects and such, like World Juniors. Yeah, it, I think it'd be like that. World Juniors 2.0. I, I think something like that. Kind of like a mix of minor leaguers you know, that maybe would really be a good fit for the team, like whoever fits best, like a, a mix, minor leaguers, like prospects, maybe even a, a veteran or two, like a Gerald Mayhew type, you know, I'm just kind of throwing that name out there uh, and such. Of course, we all know how Jared Mayhew doesn't uh, adjust to the next level real well, but you get the idea. Maybe maybe, maybe he would surprise a lot of people. Um, but it would be like a mix of that. Uh does it improve Team China's chances to win versus NHLers there? Probably a little bit, but I don't think they would. I don't think they would. I don't think they would meddle. Uh, maybe I'm being mean. It Team China, huh? <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> it is kind of an interesting thought, isn't it? But uh, Jay Bushy says, "Do we do we now see Marco Rossi up with the team with X injury? That's a possibility. That's definitely a discussion out there." 
I was saying I wouldn't mind. <clears throat> I know there's a disagreement coming up very shortly. Brian Herrera was sharing one earlier. He says, with the COVID pauses killing the Wilds mojo and rusting up the goaltending, which player do you think could win a karate contest? Uh, Dumba. Dumba. <laughs> Dumba looks like a karate guy to me. He, he kind of does, and maybe I'm way off. Felino, obviously. I, I don't know if he's more of like just a, like a natural fighter. Dumba looks like a karate person to me for some reason. That's right, I'm uh, leaning. Oh, karaoke. What, what's wrong with me? I thought he said karate. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I'm, I'm an idiot. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Well, that, that probably, too. Because, he, again, he's more of the... He's the Michelangelo of the team. You know what I mean? Like the party dude, so to speak. Uh, I am such an idiot. Sorry, Brian. <laughs> karate. And it says karaoke. Me... If I, you know, you, you know what I do with karaoke contests? I walk out of the room. That's that's how I compete in that. I, I, uh, I, I'm out. <laughs> I'm not in, interested in karaoke at all. But that's me. Sorry for my selfish point of view there. I could see Dumba again. It's just Dumba again. If it's karate or karaoke, I think it's Dumba. Um, unless there's some dark horse candidate like a... Uh, uh, somebody that would shock everyone or like a Jared Spurgeon or something. Like would shock everyone. I would be quite surprised, but I'll go with Dumba again. And he says, "I did it again." Uh oh, what's this? What's this? Uh, oh, because the karaoke contest. Oh, because you brought it up. Oh, like uh, I think you shared the same. Yep, yep. I I see it. I still say it's going to be uh, Dumba KFN girl. Welcome back. Good to hear from you again from like the last week or so. Cool. Uh, she says, "I'm not trying to be a homer here." But why does it feel like it is so difficult for the Wild to drop penalties? Why, that's a really good question, isn't it? I feel like we are a hard-skating, hard-working team, and that should lead to more calls in our favor, but that does not seem to happen. I think uh, Coach Evison would agree with that, especially with the Jewel Erickson Eck one. I mean, they couldn't even get a freaking holding call. Yeah, and I, I get it where somebody might accuse you of being a homer, but on that one, there's no way you'd be a homer for that. We don't get a lot of calls, do we? I'm not sure what it is. Maybe we don't sell it well enough, this and that, because certain players, they just sell, sell, sell without hopefully like getting called for a, uh, not a flop, that's the NBA. That'd be a dive in the NHL. Uh, maybe they just need to sell it a little bit better. The most obnoxious guy who would be probably hopefully penalized for uh, diving would have been Peter Forsberg years ago. My God, he was annoying to watch. Anytime somebody would make a slightest push, he'd act like he was like nailed in the face or something with a stick. God, he was annoying. Um, here it is. I say I'm with Hellebuck, that whole conversation, and it's a little overkill. And here we go. Let's just click on that one to get the uh, responses. Where's Derek's? What the heck? I hope he didn't delete it. Well, Theresa Ferry's a little annoyed with me, I'd have to say. She says, anytime management and union in any field of employment are in agreement, should tell you something. I had COVID this time last year. I still have voice issues. Wow, that sucks. I, I, I'm sorry to hear that. Uh, my employer keeps postponing return to office because it's not yet safe to do so. Huh. Uh, she continues saying, the NHL is also the only professional sports league in North America that has to make regular international border crossings. That's a good point. Compare the testing policies of the NHL. Comparing the testing policies of the NHL and NFL is like apples to oranges. I, I get that. Yeah, sometimes I don't think about the border crossing deal because I know that's just a little, that's just a different vibe, unfortunately. 
So I, I get that. Um, I don't agree with shutting things down as much as they do and people not going into the work zone and all that. I kind of get it and I kind of don't, you know. I apologize, though, if I'm, if I'm offending or irritating anybody. I, I don't see it quite that way, but I can understand your point, though. I mean, it's a, it's a point well made. Mike says, there are obviously some issues going on. I don't think they are permanent. I think this team has the ability to win a first-round playoff series. Do you agree? Yes. Yeah, I, I think they could win. If they stay healthy, perhaps more. Yes. I, I think this team could get to the Western Conference Final and fold your hands and pray for the best after that. As you never know, this team could make a run, a serious playoff run, and it could be the same old first-round garbage where this one would be maybe a little more bad luck versus like uh, they just weren't good enough. Last year was so close. Uh, Minnesota was so close to possibly even going to the West Final last year. But, you know, injuries can, can derail that any time. That's where it's kind of bad luck and such. But, yeah, I think this team uh, definitely has the ability to win a first-round playoff series, and I'm not saying that as a homer. Good, good question, Mike. Derek says, if Cam Talbot were a character from any Final Fantasy game, <laughs> which one would he be? A disappointing chocobo. Chocobo, those birds, yep, that they, they you ride... Yeah, they don't, well, black chocobos fly in Final Fantasy IV, which would, uh, which would have been two in the U.S. originally. My all-time favorite game, practically, other than five, two, four, and six are like two of my all-times. Cam Tobot. Yeah, he kind of looks like a chocobo, doesn't he? Um, <laughs> I can see Felino being Cyan, Final Fantasy VI. Yep, or even Sabin, actually. Maybe Sabin. If FF6, Final Fantasy VI. Uh, I'm trying to think of... Uh, I guess Kirill Kaprizov would, have to, would be the paladin, huh? Or is that Fiala? Would be uh, Cecil or Cecil from Final Fantasy IV. <laughs> but Cam Talbot. Chocobo is not a bad choice, actually, for Cam Talbot at times. <laughs> and I don't know, that goalie outfit makes him look more like a Chocobo when you think about it. You know, just the way that it's the way everything is shaped up. Um, yeah, that's, that's not a bad choice. <laughs> I keep thinking of uh, Fiala. Felino being Cyan for some reason with the sword. That'd be really cool, that that uh, samurai sword. Um, Dumba would be Shadow. Uh, Spurgeon. Maybe Spurgeon would be Shadow. Actually, he looks more like a ninja than uh, Dumba. Dumba would be like um, Locke. He'd be Locke. Yeah, like the thief, whatever. <laughs> the thief who's not a thief. Actually, treasure hunter. Not a thief, I'm sorry. But with thief abilities, you know, with abilities to, you know, that type of thing. He'd be the treasure hunter, <laughs> Locke. Uh, <laughs> you know, in a lot of ways, Felino looks like Kane, actually. Kane from Final Fantasy IV. That's probably the best fit. He'd have a big spear. He's a big guy, who you know, and he could jump and all that. Yeah, he, he can definitely jump, right, as he showed in his fight. Oh, yeah, you got me going to the Final Fantasy. Cool. Yeah, ask, ask questions like that, too, sometimes, Derek. Throw, throw questions like that. Uh, like once a week or so, if, if if you like, like a Mega Man or Final, Final Fantasy is a lot of fun. Like maybe name a certain character. That way, maybe I won't say too many right now and let the cat out of the bag. It would spoil the fun for later. Final question says, uh, Derek says, do you think the NHL's move to ESPN might as well be the Ocho? <clears throat> do I think the move to ESPN and TNT has helped the league's profile or was it better off on NBC Sports and NBC? Uh... It certainly made it more accessible because now you have two national channels. It's more accessible uh, and ESPN Plus is more accessible than, say, buying uh, Center Ice 
it's it's less expensive. It's like a little monthly payment instead of a big lump sum. <clears throat> the NBA is like five dollars a game if you want to just buy an individual game. That's cool. I was kind of hoping they would do something like that, but five bucks is kind of a lot for one little game. But then again, I mean, you go to freaking Caribou or Starbucks and order a spicy mocha, it's like $6. So what am I talking about? <laughs> People every stinking day waste their money on that stuff. It's it's okay, but it's a little too expensive for me. Um, buying a cup of coffee that's gone in a minute it doesn't last as long as a game. So again, what the hell am I talking about? Uh, I will lean towards it's helped. I really, 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 really liked NBC. I did. Now, generally speaking, media-wise, politically, I don't like any of these networks at all. <laughs> I'll just leave it at that, including, yeah, I don't like any of them, frankly. Um, I'm more of an alternative media guy. But when it comes to what's been going on with the profile and such, I think it's made it more accessible, so I think it's helped. Me, as a, as a, hard, as a diehard fan and podcast host, I like it more. As an average fan, I would hope the average fan would like it more, too at the end of the day. I'm going to try to see, I think, yeah, see, Derek did respond to what I said about Hellebuck. There he goes. I found it. Let's have to change the, change the setting here. Uh, Derek says, I'm not with Hellebuck. He may not appreciate the league and players association stepping and putting, uh, stepping and putting a pause on the season, but if he had to go through what Stalock and Rossi had to, he may not think it's overkill. This way, he may not have to find out. Yep, we'll see. Um, and it kind of feels like, again, I'm going to say again, I think those guys had the original, with, and I think the original was the strongest. But I, I know it doesn't make it okay and blah, and all that, and I apologize if that annoys or offends some people. Um, it's certainly more contagious. And again, that's what they have been saying, you know, scientifically, doctors and such. It becomes more contagious, but less deadly and all that, and less side effects, but well, you know, maybe I should just shut up because it does affect everybody differently. Myself, I'm completely fine, 100%. It was a very uncomfortable week or so. I uh, never had a coughing issue. It was most, and I never had a fever. I did have the chills, the sweats, and I could barely eat, which was weird, but it lasted about a week. Um, and I had a sore throat that lasted the first four days or so. That was really uncomfortable. But when it went away, it was like, okay, it's not as bad now. I still can't eat much. I could eat, but very little. Kind of like, you know, jello and stuff. Um, with that said, uh, yeah, like eating pizza, I really felt awful one time. I had a little bit of pizza because I was craving it. And it's like, okay, that was a bad idea. I felt awful. <laughs> um, I couldn't eat for like a while after that. But I never threw up, though. I never threw up, which was nice. So there was that, too. It does affect everyone differently, and that myocarditis deal, scary as heck. Scary as heck. Uh, yeah, I, I may have had that a year before, so which is weird. Like, just kind of like a different way of getting it, not because of COVID, which is really weird. Um, with that said, I think that's it for Fan Interaction. Really appreciate all of you talking, asking questions, interacting with the show. Really, really, really appreciate Derek. And what's really nice to know is how, see, the Sports Daily, they sold to a group in Canada, I believe. I hope I'm saying this correctly. Um, they sold to a group in Canada, and Derek was fearing that, uh, because, yeah, they didn't tell anybody anything. He had a feeling that everything was going to be shut down, and it was going to be complete changes and everything. 
but apparently nothing has really changed at the moment maybe the look of things like the web the look of the web page may change a little bit but the blog goes on the, the crease and assist goes on which is absolutely great so really good to know Teresa Ferries and Derek Felska uh, continuing the writing uh, thank you and uh, really appreciate the, uh, the articles that you guys do and it's awesome to know that things can continue without any type of issue so that's really cool uh, if things do change, then I guess we'll find out the hard way, unfortunately. But, but I don't think they will. And why would you? Why would you get rid of Derek and Teresa? That'd be a terrible mistake, I think. <laughs> Along with any other good hockey blogs that may be on that page, and I'm sure there are. Uh, Shout-outs to MNW Prospects, of course. Really appreciate you guys covering the Minnesota Wild Prospects. Guys like Pavel Bonnet out of the Czech Republic. Merrick Skybaugh, who helps sometimes with him. I, I haven't seen him in a while, though, unfortunately. Uh, Justin Bakke. Mankato fan, of course, but of course, uh, keep, loves keeping up with the Wild Prospects. Brandon Quast, Chad Walski, and myself. Uh, I would cover the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League and the B- British Columbia Hockey League, the BCHL, if the Wild had prospects in there, but right now we don't. In the future, I'm sure we will. But uh, Bill Guerin seems to love that WHL, and I like it too. It's awesome, Western Hockey League. Um, so, uh, so the guys cover do a great job covering that. Of course, college ECHL, and um, <clears throat> and of course, guys that are actually in the NHL and overseas and such. So, with that, uh, really appreciate being a part of that. Big big shout out to Minnesota Wild Global, Scott Cavendish, Chance Costick, David Costick, Kathy Maine. Michael Fick, Chad Walski, David Abraham. Really love that page. Awesome commentary, back and forth conversations, and just really appreciate the uh, being a part of that group. It's a wonderful hockey community. And Minnesota Wild Nation as well. Scott Turner, keeping that thing going as well. Love that one in a big, big way. Uh, hope everyone has a wonderful week. Minnesota Wild can get things going again, and Everyone stays healthy and have a merry, merry Christmas. 